0: Today, we're going to talk about why toxins in our cookware matter, the three types I recommend avoiding, and five safer, high-performing alternatives. Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to have a new episode for you guys. Today, we are going to talk about Something that I can't believe I haven't already done an episode about this already. Um, but today we're going to talk about healthier cookware options. So I'm going to talk about really why does it matter what we're cooking our food on? What are some of the sources, food, cookware options we've got out there that maybe are worth avoiding? And the 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 good ones that are available to us. Um, I'm going to give you a really wide range so you can pick and choose what works best for you and your, your lifestyle as a food blogger um, and someone that just likes to cook I am gifted a lot of different kind of cookware options so I've tried them all and I can speak from every angle So I'm excited to be back to give you guys some behind the scenes updates before we really jump into the content of today's show. Things are going really well. Our book tour and um, all of those dates are going to be shifted a little bit to make room for some other exciting things. Um, So nothing major, but stay tuned. I'll have some updates for you there. And the Fed and Fit project online, which will work in tandem with the project that's outlined in the book, will be up later this summer. And then I also have... I mean, it's just a whole bag of fun stuff coming at you, (laughs) so that'll be exciting. I've got some really great interviews coming up for y'all on the podcast. Next week I'm interviewing um, a couple folks from the Siete Foods group. They make those awesome paleo-friendly tortillas. You're really going to love them. They're wonderful people. Um, In addition to some other fun interviews we've got coming out, so stay tuned. Keep your eyes peeled on the website. I've got some recipes that are going to be new in the blogosphere, including my egg-free breakfast bowls. If you are someone who likes to really mix up maybe the breakfast routine, maybe you don't tolerate eggs well, or maybe you're um, just trying to meal prep breakfast, it's hard to reheat eggs and have the texture be really great. So I, I decided to come up with three different options for you guys. And I really like these egg-free breakfast bowls because each one I calls for a protein, A healthy starch and a vegetable and a sauce so it's four components for each of these bowls and they're all really different and the idea is you can make them in bulk in advance and maybe you maybe you make them for five of them for each morning of the work week and so it's an easy grab-and-go for breakfast once you get to work and it's something it's it's a cooked meal. I think that's usually a better option. If you have time to make it and you have the option, it's a better one than necessarily a shake or a bar. Um, so trying to make that as easy as possible for you. And and if you're not just making it for leftovers for for the week, you could be making it for um, to package and freeze. And then you've got healthy frozen meals ready to go. So um, I'm pretty excited about this. This uh, this theme we've got going on the blog, and then podcast episodes are coming out. And I'm also getting in even more into the beauty stuff. If you follow me on Snapchat and Instagram, you are seeing all of my fun new beauty finds. It's a whole new world to me, and I'm just so darn excited about it. So that's really exciting. And then the YouTube channel is coming along swimmingly. I am going to be producing those episodes myself. So we're going to go ugly early. That was my very first blog post I ever published. You guys have probably heard me say that a bunch before, but, um, my, my first blog post was go ugly early. And that's kind of what I'm going with, with this podcast episode, Liz Wolf, encouraged me to just go for it. She said, don't let good be the enemy of great. So I'm gonna go for it. I'm gonna give you guys my work and I'm gonna learn as I get those episodes up, but it's gonna be great. So if I learned how to produce these podcast episodes, by golly, I think I can learn how to produce YouTube videos as well. So that's what's going on in my world. And uh, and while I've got a little time this summer, I'm getting back into my normal routine of working out my nice mixed fitness program, which I love, I go to CrossFit, I go to yoga and then i do some home workouts in between i try to make sure i get at least two days of rest in between and with these warm summer months i'm trying to make sure that i also am drinking extra during the day an extra amount of water so if you find yourself feeling kind of sluggish and sleepy during these summer months these warmer months it could be that you're dehydrated and i've got some uh, a lot of research in a previous episode about i think it's caffeine 102 was the name of the episode where we talk about why you might be feeling extra sleepy during the summer months, and um, a good way to combat that is to drink more water and make sure you're sleeping enough at night. So don't just power through. There's we we feel certain ways for certain reasons. So it's good to dig into that so we can go on feeling our feeling our best and doing our best. So that's what's going on. Okay, so today's episode healthier cookware options. First, let's touch on why it matters. So why does it matter what we're cooking our food on? You know, we're not we're not eating our pans. (laughs) So why does it really matter? And the truth of the matter is that, you know, we're kind of splitting hairs. So let me before, let me preface this entire conversation by saying you do you. If the thought of having to replace your cookware in your kitchen makes you not want to cook at all, not want to cook healthy food at all, then maybe tune out. This is not the episode to listen in. This is really meant for somebody who's looking to further optimize their health. Um, I think that healthy cookware is a great way to fine tune, but it is not priority number one. Priority number one is cooking healthy, nourishing foods from home, okay? So if hearing this, this conversation we're about to have about healthy cookware is gonna keep you from cooking healthy foods at home, then don't even worry about it. Keep working with what you've got and when you're ready to cross the bridge of fine tuning your healthy lifestyle, then tune back in. Okay, so I had to get that out. Okay, so I'm gonna give you guys some straight answers. Um, I'm I'm not out to scare anybody. I'm here to tell you what the research really says and my personal take on some good options. So why does it matter? So it matters because when Food is cooked on a surface that is heated up. Okay, so we all just go back on basic chemistry, basic science, right? When something is hot, the molecules speed up right? They, they move faster and they expand. So when we're cooking on something, we're heating up that pan. Let's say we're talking about a nonstick frying pan. We're heating up that pan and we're heating up the food. The Molecules will move, are moving faster and when we get abrasive with it, we're stirring or we're, we're scratching or we're whisking or something on that pan, we can tend to, it's more easy to lift off some of those um, molecules, those, those pieces of the cookware and then they find their way into our food. So that's what we're talking about is anything that can come off of the pan and into our food Um, so there are certain types of cookware that release more easily into our food and certain types that don't and we're going to talk about kind of the lay of the land you know which ones are possibly more harmful to health and which ones are more benign all right so that's the kind of fine-tuning we're talking about now the one that everyone's probably thinking of is teflon right teflon gets a bad rap for being a really unhealthy surface to cook on and if you've never heard that before um let me be the first to tell you that that is mostly true okay maybe not entirely true so there are not 100 percent conclusive results that says teflon is carcinogenic and carcinogenic means that it causes cancer that's what that fancy word means um, however, there are numerous reports that say that it's possibly carcinogenic. Okay, so it's a little, it's a little gray. Science hasn't necessarily caught up, testing isn't 100% conclusive. Um, so, background information on Teflon before I get too far, too much further into talking about the main properties of it Teflon is actually just a brand name. Okay, just like Xerox or Kleenex. It's a brand name that has become synonymous with the property itself. So a Teflon pan are those nice, usually dark colored nonstick pans. They work beautifully. You know, there's um, Zinbelly is Simone Miller is one I think of. She is a chef. And if she ever does, I remember her saying when she does um, line cook for omelets or something like that, she'll use her little Teflon pans because nothing works better than a nice Teflon pan. Um, But she also noted that she tries to keep hers really, really new. So Teflon is the brand name for a man-made chemical. This is a mouthful. Brace yourself. I hope I get it. It's a man-made chemical known as polytetrafluoroethylene. That's one word, you get that? Polytetrafluoroethylene, also known as PTFE. So that's the actual generic name for what Teflon is. Um, and it's this man-made chemical that helps food slide right off it. Um, and it's, it's wonderful and it's what I used for the majority of my adult life to this point. Now, the reason why Teflon isn't great is because that PTFE can flake off into our food and then as science has shown us, it's possibly carcinogenic. So even though it's a little gray, I like to avoid it. So when it came time that I, needed, I knew I needed new pans, I decided to not replace them with Teflon, and replace them with a different option that I'll cover what those are in a little bit. So my personal take on Teflon is, if it's a brand new pan, odds are you're fine. You're fine to cook on it. However, as soon as you see it start to flake, or even dull once it starts to because when you first get those teflon pans you know how they're kind of nice and shiny as soon as it starts to dull a little bit you're probably already seeing microscopic flakes off into your food and that's just that's really not great Um, and then when you really do see deep scratches or actual flakes that's when you know really it's time to pitch it and replace it with a new one so if you know that's what you've got hiding in your cabinet um, this might be a good opportunity to replace them with something healthier whether if you replace them with Teflon Then I recommend replacing them often so as soon as they start to dull and especially if they start to flake It's a good thing to replace Now other options cookware options that I do not recommend um, The next one is raw aluminum and I think about raw aluminum um, my husband Austin—that's what he had for many years. Uh, it was—it's lightweight, it's relatively inexpensive, and it's a great heat conductor. Aluminum's a great heat conductor. However, and that's also what I used to take camping. I used to go camping a lot, and raw aluminum, because it's so lightweight, was really easy to pack. Um, it's great. However, even though it's a good heat conductor, and even though it's lightweight, and even though it's inexpensive, and it looks natural because it's just a plain old. Metal looking pan, the aluminum is pretty soft and it's easily absorbed into food while you're cooking it. Okay, and aluminum is just something that we really want to try to avoid in our diet when or exposure to it whenever possible. And if just to kind of touch base on a totally different subject, that's really the reason why so many folks now avoid antiperspirants because part of what makes an antiperspirant work keep you from sweating is the aluminum content so um, that's why many people get into the um, non-toxic or even um, totally natural deodorant options because there's a difference between deodorant and antiperspirant Um, but the aluminum is what we're worried about there and aluminum is actually associated in several studies with an increased risk of alzheimer's disease so that touches especially close to home Um, alzheimer's my my grandmother on my father's side had Alzheimer's disease, and it's just, um, it's horrific. I mean, that could be a whole episode in and of itself, but so I try to avoid it as whenever possible. Um, and then the third type of cookware that I want to touch on today that's maybe worth avoiding is anodized aluminum. And anodized aluminum is essentially aluminum that has been coated. All right, so it maybe there, you might think on the surface, it's one step better than raw aluminum, um because it's coated but what it's usually coated with is that polytetrafluoroethylene that ptfe also known as brand name teflon okay so you kind of yeah you might be coating the core of aluminum which therefore aluminum is going to have a hard time finding its way into your food Um, but you're coating it with something that's also possibly going to cause cancer so i like to pitch that from the get-go so those are the three that i recommend avoiding if you're shopping for new ones avoid those, and if you have some under your sink and you've been thinking about replacing them, then I encourage you to replace them. Now, what are some of the good options? Let's, let's talk about these, and I actually own all of these, and I use them for various reasons. So I'm gonna give you, let's see, I've got five of them listed here. First and foremost, and I get the most questions about these, which is really one of the reasons why I was also inspired to do this podcast episode, because on my Snapchat, you guys see me cook a lot, and uh, you see what I'm cooking on. Whereas on Instagram, I'm usually just taking pictures of finished products. On Snapchat, you guys see me you know, working in the kitchen. So I've gotten a lot of questions about what I'm cooking on because maybe some of them look a little different. So the first one are my ceramic coated pans, And these are my replacement, my personal replacement to Teflon. So when Austin and I got married, I last October I used it as an opportunity to replace my cookware. I had Teflon frying pans and pots and pans and I wanted to I wanted to start over. I wanted to start anew. So I did a lot of research, you guys, a lot of research <laughs> and kind of on the obsessive amount. And I came across some ceramic pans that I absolutely love, and I'm not affiliated with this company, so don't think that I'm just telling you about them so I can sell them. Um, my favorite brand for ceramic cookware, these non frying pans are made by a company called Berndez, and I honestly don't even know if I'm saying that name correct, um, but Berndez is the, the pan I like. I have the large one. It's an 11-inch frying pan, and I also have a small one which I think is maybe nine inches. I use that small one. It might be six inches. It's it's, it's the smallest one that they make. Um, I use a small one for frying eggs and the large one for doing things like pancakes, um, also from doing a big egg scramble, things like that. I really don't like cooking eggs on a surface that's not nonstick. Um, so that's why I really wanted a nonstick option, but I didn't want Teflon. And ceramic is a less toxic Alternative to Teflon. Um, It is really stable over high heat and is resistant although not immune to chipping. So when you look up ceramic pans, ceramic coated pans, it's essentially a ceramic coating on top of a metal core. So the metal conducts the heat very evenly, and then the ceramic protects your food from any toxins and also helps make it non stick. Now when you look them up, you're gonna see a bunch of different color options. I personally opted for the white pans because i like being able to see for example if i'm ever browning butter this is so silly but it's really it comes down to butter if you're browning butter it's so much easier to see when butter is browned if you've got a light colored pan that you're cooking it in that goes to say with and i'm heating up any oil in a pan um, to make eggs or something like that i want to be able to see the oil really well so i like the white pans Um, they do discolor over time i've been using mine with a heavy use since october um and especially my large one and it's it's not as shiny bright white as it used to be but it's also not ugly um, you guys can see it on my snapchat so i love them i think that they're great so that's a really great option and all of these healthy cookware options i'm going to link up to on the show notes um, on my blog so fed and pull up the show notes for episode number what are we on are we on number 65 i think Um, let's see. Yep. Episode number 65, healthier cookware options. And you'll be able to see direct links to all of these, these pieces that I personally own. So that's one of them. The next one on the list, number two is stainless steel. Okay. And stainless steel can be a little scary to folks because you might think that your food is going to stick to it. And there are some tricks to the trade that make stainless steel really easy to use. It just takes a little, you just have to recalibrate. You know some of your your kitchen prowess cooking skills Um, the combination of metals that are used to make stainless steel cookware actually help make that cookware more stable and prevent those heavy metals from leaching into your food like they would in an aluminum pan so i really love my stainless steel while i do have two of those ceramic frying pans from burndez i also have a large saute pan and a large frying pan that are stainless steel. And then my pots I've replaced to make all stainless steel. So I've got a really, really large um, stock pot, which I'll use to make, maybe if I'm doing like a really slow cook broth, I'll use for that. And then I also have three smaller pots um, that I use from them, sauce pots, I think is what they're called more specifically. And I love them, I think they're great. Stainless steel is really easy to use if it's liquid based, if you're making anything that's like a chili or a soup, Um, or it's a protein with some sort of a sauce, I will always use my stainless steel. If I'm making something, let's say if I'm browning meat in a pan and I'm going to make a gravy or some sort of a sauce with those brown bits after I pull the meat out and I wanna scratch it up, if if I know I'm gonna wanna pick off the brown bits of a pan and incorporate that into a sauce that I'm reducing, I will always opt for my stainless steel. And one of the tricks I have to using stainless steel is you need to make sure you use plenty of cooking fat right and stainless steel is one of those cookware that you can cook over really really high heats all of these options i'm talking about actually today the healthy ones are stable at high heats but especially great for high heats i like to use ghee because um, ghee is really has a really high smoke point if i'm cooking something really really hot and then you want to make sure that your protein that you're adding to your pan is at room temperature colder proteins if you pull chicken for example straight out of the kit out of the refrigerator you season it and you toss it in a hot pan it's more likely to stick if it's coming from a cold fridge so let your let your meat sit out season it wash it and let it sit while you're getting the rest of your ingredients in order so that it can come back down to room temperature and that'll help it stick less and then when protein is done cooking on one side it'll release so let Kind of let your food guide you when it comes to stainless steel cooking so that's one option that i love um and then next so the the cookware that i use probably the most are going to be those ceramic pans and the stainless steel Um, those are great and the stainless steel especially is wonderful because you can transfer it from directly from the stove right into the oven if you're trying to finish something you know like a pork tenderloin comes to mind that i like to sear on the stove first and then transfer it into the oven to finish cooking all the way through. So the next option I want to talk about, number three, is enameled cast iron. Okay, in enameled cast iron, there's a non-reactive coating that lines the iron core of the cookware. Okay, so that's pretty much what enameled cast iron is. And Le Creuset, Staub, those are some of the more popular brands. I personally own a lot of Staub not again I'm not affiliated with them um, but I just like their stuff I think it's beautiful and it works really really well Uh, a friend of mine um, a family friend calls it the magic pot because it just if you have one of those nice big cast iron pots you're really able to make roasts in it it just adds a lot of flavor and depth and you can slow roast in something you can pan sear it on the oven transfer it or on the stove transfer it to the oven and just make magic happen. It's just really delicious. And if you're looking for a recipe to make in an enameled cast iron pot, I have a a beef burgundy on my website. It's an older recipe, so forgive the not, you know, amazing photos, but that is an awesome recipe if you're looking to make something with, um, with a, a Dutch oven is what those are also called. So enameled cast iron is great. I also have several enameled cast iron pans, just frying pans, not just pots. And those are wonderful um, for really for cooking any, anything. Um, I really like to keep those to proteins, but you can use sauces because of that lining. It won't damage the iron core. Okay, which leads me to the my next one um, is just plain old cast iron, a cast iron pan. So cast iron's great. Um, to cook. I think it's great to cook if you're not adding any water. So that's my rule of thumb. When I'm using cast iron, I'm only usually cooking protein in that cast iron. Anything where I'm cooking a vegetable or making a sauce or a chili, I will cook that stuff in um, either my stainless steel or my enameled cast iron. But plain old uncovered cast iron, I will try to keep it what kind of waterless cooking is one way to think of it so i'm just adding fat to the pan and then i'm adding a protein Um, and that's because if you're cooking with water or other acidic foods it can damage the cured layer you know the oil layer that you've used to help uh, protect that pan it can eat through that oily layer find its way into the iron um, and then you could possibly leach Iron from the pan into your food. Now this isn't as scary necessarily as aluminum, um, but if you know that your iron levels are already high, then it's a really good idea maybe to try to restrict cast iron use to just, like I said, waterless cooking. Um, but it's it's great. I use it regularly, uh, probably once a week for proteins, like I said before. And you want to make sure that you cure it really well. Don't be intimidated of cast iron. It's it's actually really easy to use. You just you can scrub off. Whatever bits are in there, um, you season it with more oil, mineral oil or olive oil, whatever floats your boat. And then you can cure it by sticking it in a low-grade oven. And curing means that you're baking that pan, those oils, into that pan so it finds its way into whatever pores are there and helps protect it, keep the air off of it so that it won't rust. If you've ever had a cast iron pan rust, it's because air and water, of course, combined and reacted with the iron. Um, so that's a really great option. Cast iron is much more affordable than enameled cast iron, but it just requires a little bit more maintenance. And then the last piece of cookware that I want to talk about today that's safe. Believe it or not, it's a type of plastic, but it's silicone. And silicone is actually food safe. Um, at least it's safe at or under about a 425 degrees Fahrenheit. So that's pretty high. And I really, when I think of silicone, I'm thinking of those muffin molds or all those really fun little molds that you might find on Amazon for making gummies out of. And I like to use my trays for, you know, for making muffins, for making uh let's see crustless mini little mini quiches I'll do those in those molds they'll just pop out once they're warm enough Um, desserts I've used them to make no bake tarts before in a little small molds Um, and then I even have these little square ones that I will use I'll make a coffee creamer out of coconut milk and maple syrup or or even you could blend a date into it to sweeten it with something natural that's even Fed and Fit Project compliant and other flavors. And I will pour those into little bitty square silicone molds, freeze them, and then I've got these cute little frozen coffee creamer squares that I just pop into my coffee when I want one. So silicone's a great option. Um, Like I said, I will link up to all of these online and I hope this is helpful to you guys. Um, Like I said, there's still research being done and I'm sure that the landscape of healthy cookware It's going to change in the future, but I will do my best to keep you guys uh, on the cutting edge of of my research and my personal experience, the things that I've used and enjoy and how I choose to use them. So thank you guys for dialing in. We will be back again next week, like I said, with a recording, um, an interview with the Siete Foods folks. They're really, really wonderful people, and I think you're going to enjoy hearing from them. Hope you all have a great week. I'll talk to you soon.